Okay, welcome back to another week of Ghost in the Scene. I'm your host, Gio Chumpatazzi. I'm back with my co-host, Rob Thomas. This is the only ghost-friendly podcast out there. How are you doing, Rob? How's it going? Ladies, gents, exes, wise, do you smell it in the air? That crisp smell? That pumpkin spice? It's mm. almost two of the fall time now. You know, we're, we're falling back. And, you know, that is, we're, we're entering the spookiest season of the year. So everything is heightened. And I'm feeling it. I'm sure you're feeling it. But, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think something just tapped me on the shoulder. It's saying, I'm right behind you. Might have been a jack-o'-lantern. Because this is where pumpkins are, are, are coming out of the ground. You know, they're cut, cutting the faces of pumpkins, letting their loved ones see the pulp on the ground. This is a disgusting time where human cruelty is at its heightest. And like Rob said, this is a spooky time, but this is our fourth time around the, you know, this giant rock that we call Earth. So we're used to it by now. And I think what is happening is now they're afraid of us and the fear of us is now kind of magnetizing and people are drawn to us and they're drawn to being afraid of us. So there's nothing to be afraid of. The truth, if you are open to it, is warm and accepting. And we're gonna give it to you in a very cool and calm way. We're not gonna attack you with the truth. You know, this isn't some kind of, you know, crazy anger session where we're gonna yell at you, right? This is gonna be a very matter of fact episode because the facts are there. We're just going to lay them out. But before we get there, I just want to just have a quick, you know, calm down. How are you? How's your week? I know that things are still quarantined. I know that there's a lot of stuff happening in the world right now. So let's just do a little psychic check. How are your powers? Do, do you feel, you know, the meditation? Is it working? Anything like that that has been changing in your life, Rob? I mean, there's it's definitely a time of stress. There's a lot of stress. People are on edge, still are. And, you know, it feels like we're starting to be pushed off the edge. And it's caused for a lot of time to just sit back and reflect. You know, I've, I've had to do a lot of charging. Uh, you know, I've had so much so I've you know been sticking my fingers into electric sockets just to just to feel that spark again. Uh, how about wow. you, Gio? You know I've been meditating a lot just on animals, and it's the hardest part is is finding an animal that is willing to let you sit on them for a few hours. But once you find an animal large enough, you just get on top of there and you sit down, you close your eyes, and you let the universe use the the animal as a conduit right and then you flow through that so i've been i've been sitting on my dog my little dog nico and he's been helping me with meditation he's been really focusing me and i feel like i've been able to grasp a new sense of being i don't want to say that i can communicate totally with animals yet i've only done this a couple days in a row but i feel like if i do it a little bit more i'm going to be dr doolittle and i think I kind of cracked the code as to how Dr. Doolittle did it. I think he just might've been sleeping on animals, on live animals. And 
their dreams as they sleep seep into your brain. And, you know, like you said, can you smell it? Animals have a lot of smells and then you kind of get used to that smell and you start to think like an animal. So I've been doing that with my dog. I'm getting closer to being able to speak to him and we've been getting a lot of work done just in our relationship, repairing it. I had no idea the resentment that my dog had for me. And that's just a quick shout out to everybody. If you have pets and you think that they love you, just because they're dogs and they you know, lick you and they're happy and stuff, that doesn't mean they like you. And that doesn't mean they don't harbor resentments to you. You could still be a jerk, right? So there's things that you have to apologize to them for that you don't even know you have to apologize. So that's just a quick reminder to everybody. Treat your dogs with more respect. And maybe if you meditated on them, you'd understand that. That's a great message. I, I think that we forget that, you know, we can communicate with more than just other humans. And it's important to uh, communicate with uh, the, the animals out there, uh, the plants, uh, objects even. You know, I talk to my pencil every single time I write because that's I, stressful because the pencil can break. It's being worn down. Mm -hmm. It is, you know, sacrificing itself so I can draw, you know, pictures and doodles and uh, pictures of, of boobs and stuff that he's drawing. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. I mean, and I draw them big, so that's that's a lot of pencil lead. And the respect that you have to have, the relationship between you and your pencil, is something that people don't take seriously, and that's what upsets us the most. And I think we've talked to some people before and they've really drilled in the idea of respect, respect of, of the ghost of the paranormal of the unknown. And I think that's one thing that we, we have to remind people of that, you know, ghost ghosting is not a, an active combative sport. You know, it is much more of a research based understanding based sport. And I don't even think we can call it a sport anymore you know because there are no winners or losers I mean, we, we are winners i don't want to get anybody wrong on that rob and i are winners but we're not playing a game this is our life so let's get into some big big happening in the world some current events like i said the quarantine is still happening there's plenty of political stuff that is boiling, right? We had the conventions just pass. I don't really want to talk about those things just because it's speech upon speech. A speech is a spell and is literally, we could go over each speech, but it'd be like going over a million spells. It's just too much. And frankly, if we were to repeat all of that, I think we would have a detriment to your ears. So let's get into something that is a little bit more in our lane because we love to investigate, we love to dig for the facts, and we did some heavy, heavy digging. So Rob, you were talking about extinctions, and this is something that really struck a chord with me. So if you wanted to share that with the, the listeners and we can get started on this conversation. Definitely, I mean, I've been going at this topic with pickaxe, shovel, you know, digging deep, deep into the ground. And you know, the deeper you go, you're gonna come up with more and more bones. 
bones of animals that don't exist anymore. You know, it, this is an entire species that are now ghosts. This is, they're ghosts only. And, you know, this goes back obviously to dinosaurs are probably some of the most well-known. Uh, you know, platy not platypus, I think they're still around. I just, just don't understand what they are. Just to uh, quickly, I don't think many un uh, listeners know, what is a dinosaur? Right, right. I am making assumptions here. Uh, a dinosaur, just like, think of like uh, a lizard, but gigantic and with pointy teeth and little arms. And it's like, uh, they are often described as buses. They're like the original buses. So, so instead like of getting in like a into a little like a big a big bus paying fare, you get on a brontosaurus, and that's going to shuttle you around back and forth. So Uber and Lyft should be called Uberosaurus and Liftosaurus. I mean, back in the day, yeah, that's what they'd be known. That's what they would have been called. Okay, I just wanted everybody to be on the same page. When we talk about dinosaurs, we're talking about the old way of public transportation, the way that people back in the days, in the 1500s or so, used to get around before they had cars. Okay, so as you dig, you find the bones and the tires and the gears of all these dinosaurs in the dirt. And like you said, they don't exist anymore. They are an, an image of the past, ghosts, literally. And I think you were kind of alluding to the fact that it's happening again, or it's, it's always happening. Oh, it's a trajectory, right? And I'm, I'm glad that we spoke of it in the terms of public service, because uh, you know the systems that we used in the ancient past, like the 1500s, are changed. And they're no longer used today. They, they too, are extinct. Uh, but it's harder to find ideas dug in the ground. They're a lot harder to find. You need to have a special divining rod. They're usually, like, in, in rocks, in amber. Um, less teeth. So, you know, and, and we're seeing the process over again. You know, that means that everything that we are experiencing today is one day going to be considered extinct? We're like in the pre-stages of being a ghost, not just ourselves, but our society. And I think we've all been hearing in the news a lot, specifically about the service of uh, the postal office, you know, delivering mail, delivering messages to each other, uh, is going the way of the dinosaurs. Now, Wait a minute. The post office—they're the people that are responsible for bringing me my my bills. So why not let them go extinct? You know, if there was no post office, I wouldn't have to pay any of my bills. I mean that's true, but also consider this: like they also control the weather, right? Rain, sleet, snow—they don't mess around with that. They're the ones that are actually controlling all the weather. You don't see anyone else out in the rain or sleep. Oh my God, yeah. Snow. They're the original and maybe even what we would call modern shamans, rain dancers. Mm -hmm. 
and okay, so now I understand why why we need the post office. I know being selfish and not wanting to pay your bills is not reason enough to cancel the weather. I think we need to keep the weather around for a little while longer. So it's going extinct. And I think we've kind of talked about how, you know, this is a continual circular thing. It's gone extinct before, no? Oh yes, definitely. I mean, this is only the most recent version of the post office you know, when you think about our boys in blue, boys and girls, boys and girls and exes in blue, um, you know, the postal workers, you know, walking on foot, grabbing in their bag, that is the modern version of the older version, which was ponies. There's a bunch of ponies. You, you get your mail from a pony. It would run across and you reach into their sack. And before that, there were carrier pigeons. None wow. of this exists anymore. You know, you get little birds. You know, like we go on social media, you send tweets, little birdies are, are now on the internet. But they used to fly across the sky and drop and drop little short little messages. Most of them were profane and ugly. They, you know, they just dropped down and said, fuck you. Right. And now it's just poop. Instead of notes, they're just sending poop to us instead. And before, before when we gave them an, an opportunity to work, there it's science pigeons did not poop they could not poop right all of the uh, expenditure of their calories was given to the male and since then the reason why you get poop on you is because they're striking they're angry they don't get to work anymore and that their ancestors the actual carrier pigeons were extinguished like a like flames in the night say la vie right and so the ponies were made into hamburgers. The pigeons were, you know, sent into the internet in a meat grinder. Now they're tweets. And so what's going to happen to these poor people who are carrying our mail? Sometimes our bills, but other times it could be spells. Other times it could be checks. That's money. There's money in the mail. So, you know, where am I going to get my birthday cards from anymore? It's it's a big question, you know, and sometimes you get coupons, you can get magazines, medicine. Oh my as God. Well. So, drugs. Right. How am I going to do drugs without the post office? I mean, there's plenty of things, plenty of ways you can do drugs. Yes, granted. But the post office is the easiest way. And I think we need to make doing drugs easier for people. I think that's just a... That's a simple equation there. You want people to be happy, you, you give them drugs through the mail. Right, I mean, and also like, how are we gonna be sending ransom notes to people anymore? Yeah, how are they gonna right? know who's kidnapped? If I, if I cut off someone's ear and, must, oh, and send it in the mail to their loved ones, there's no mail, like how am I supposed to get it there? We're looking at a dystopian, a dystopian world where you can't even ransom anymore. You can't even get drugs through the mail and there's gonna be tornadoes and earthquakes every day of the week because they don't have control over the weather anymore. So who's responsible for all of this? We looked into that. We're, we're Pulitzer Prize, future, you know, we've seen the future and we win Pulitzer's, both of us, 
Multiple. Yeah. And, and uh, there's a couple times where I even said no. I, I turned him down. And that's a boss move. Kudos to me in the future. You too, Rob. So we got our Pulitzers because of what, what we found out. Louis DeJoy is the new Postmaster General, which means he commands the army of the post office. And Louis DeJoy has a lot of things to answer to. A couple things being the fact that he used to own and be the CEO of a company called New Breed. New Breed Logistics. When I say new breed, what does that evoke in your mind, Rob? I mean, it's everything that we're talking about before. You know, this is, we're talking about new breeds of uh, creatures uh, delivering mail. Pigeons, horses, people. Exactly. So, DeJoy, of joy, right? This guy, pretending to be Mr. Smiley, you know, Mr. Happy, heads the company New Breed, marries a woman who is the ambassador to Estonia during the Bush years, which means that she was working with Estonian manufacturers, bioinformatics, geneticists, right? That's what ambassadors usually do. And this was all the way back in 2004. Louis DeJoy, being the head of a multi-million, billion-dollar corporation called New Breed, who knows what they do? I mean, you can only guess because they don't release public records. He's giving money left and right to anybody who he thinks is going to be in charge. He gave a million dollars to Donald Trump, quote-unquote, whoever Donald Trump was at the time. He gave money to him her or anybody and now he's the head of an army of the post office and what happens in in february well his wife now is set to become the ambassador to canada so now she takes all of her estonian information all of her her geneticist friends goes to canada and is now working with everybody to the north of us so we looked into it and we found a few scary things that I, I think is worth telling people because when they say new breed, they literally mean new breed, something that's never existed before. They are trying to create. And I think the easiest way is to just rip the Band-Aid off, Rob. I think we just got to say it. They're trying to create human wrestler animal hybrids. I mean, just let that sink in, everyone. All right? Yes. Think about it, okay? I looked up Canada, new breed, and what did I find? The first article, that there was a trade, ECW, right? The Empire Wrestling Federation. They sold off a bunch of their wrestlers, what they call a stable, a stable of wrestlers. We talked about ponies earlier. Where do they sleep? In stables, right? Or on the floor. Ooh, number one. And they might be sleeping on hay, but 
they're in stables at some point of the day. I'm not sure when. I don't know much about ponies since they're extinct. I don't think it matters. But they had a stable of wrestlers that they called the new breed. I'm talking about Elijah Burke, Marcus Corvon, Matt Stryker, Kevin Thorne, Ariel, and CM Punk. These are the people. February 2007. What did I say in February? Right? February was the year 13 years ago. Just think about the numbers here, right? And of course, they disbanded in June, which is six. This is every, everything to say that all points lead to here, to the new breed. And what does that mean? It means that they're trying to create a new army of hybrid animals and that they're using the post office as the first point of contact for this new army. Right, and, and if you, in case you didn't need proof enough, you know, the, Louis DeJoy took command of the post office in June. Mm. So I, what more needs to be said here? It's very clear that they were experimenting on these wrestlers uh, for the purpose of switching out the old post office and injecting the next wave of mail delivery. Mail by hybrid wrestler. Like you're gonna have to think about it. You're gonna have to wrestle for your, your for your drugs. Yeah. And for your ransom notes. There's gonna be and a ring around your your little um, mailbox, and you won't be able to get to it because there's gonna be a tag team waiting for you and giving you a double suplex. And there's gonna be people literally, you know. Uh, what do you call it um clotheslining you when you're running to to pay for your your dmv you know tickets so you're going to go to court there's going to and this is the other thing okay we didn't even talk about how steve bannon was apprehended by the post office by literal army guards of the post office what they didn't say was it was people in, in the post office they were completely covered they had none of their skin showing. And the reason being, this might have been a pilot test to see if the new breed was able to apprehend one of the world's most dangerous criminals, Steve Bannon. So, you know, can they call him Bannon the Cannon. Literally, he has a cannon with him at all times. And they were able to apprehend him through, you know, Stone Cold Stunners, CM Punk Slammers, all kinds of stuff. But this is what we're looking at, a future where you're going to have to wrestle and get, get you know, in a walls of Jericho just in order to pay for, you know, the yearly taxes. And we have uh, Mr. DeJoy to thank for that. Almost speechless because this investigation work that we've done, Joe, is just so important. Mm. And... I, there's no stopping us at this point to unmasking the truth. And I want to thank your hard work as well. Uh, and, you know, for all the Pulitzers that we're going to win 
Uh, it's not why we do it, but it is nice to have the recognition of our peers. Uh, that's very true. And if you thought that we stopped there, we did. But we're not the only ones doing investigations. So we, we want to bring on our, our next guest. This guest this week did an amazing job. And when I tell you that it did not fit more perfectly with what we just talked about, it is incredible. What he found, I mean, I'll let him speak for himself, but uh, Mr. A came back to the show and he told us some groundbreaking new evidence, some investigations. He did undercover investigations. So uh, let's kick it to our conversation with Mr. A. Before we do that, Rob, um, do you want to talk about anything uh, regarding this uh, conversation? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of earth-shattering things. I mean, I uh, advocated for, you know, with my Pulitzers, I, I'm now on the board of Pulitzer and advocating Mr. A to get his own um, because this is really important work. Um, the, you know, and it's not just the investigation of our institutions, but it's also investigations into ourselves. He gives a lot of great information about self-care routines uh, that I think are all is all very important right now to you know, not only does Mr. A understand and see the macro, he is very intimately aware of, of the micro, of the, of the self, and how the two interact. So this is this is a great, great interview. Uh, Pulitzer winning, I'm calling it now, uh, stuff, so. All right, Enjoy. and since you're on the board, um, I'm sure that'll, that'll get up there and he'll be at least nominated. So enjoy the conversation. We'll see you in a little while. Okay, we are here with a uh, very mysterious guest. Uh, uh, Mr. A is back with us in, in the scene, an, a veteran of Ghost in the Scene uh, guests, but we've brought him into the future, into the 100s along with us. Mr. A, how are you? Hi, Tia, Rob. Thank you so much for having me back in Ghost in the Scene. I'm, I'm doing as well as can be expected, you know be honest but hanging in there mr a how are you staying safe nowadays because these feel like very unsafe times and we're so glad to see you and to know that you've made it this far you know basically right underneath the government's nose mm -hmm. um so what's what, what are your tricks like what sort of wisdom can you pass on to our listeners well you know i just uh i avoid carbs a lot and you know before this whole pandemic thing started I was already wearing masks um, probably about I don't know three years before it started I was wearing masks really I, you were doing the uh, the, the clown masks right you, and you would stand out in, in public a couple years a few years ago that was me yeah uh, I was in a few of those videos you couldn't tell me because I had the mask on, but. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, the no carb thing, that's a that's a Diane Keaton celebrity um, diet, right? Like the, the keto, the Keaton, Diane Keaton diet. Yes. That's, yeah, that's exactly where I got it from. Um, she, I actually met Diane, Di, 
as she prefers to be called. Uh, I met her on, well, this is going back to my past years of research, but I met her on CNN when Wolf Blitzer, the formerly named Wolf Blitzer interviewed her. And that's when she told me about carbs and keto. And it's, it's, there's been a lot of close calls, I'll just say. And if it wasn't for Die, I think I'd probably be dead by now. Wow. If it wasn't for Die, you would be dead. That's beautifully said. So you kind of uh, gave away a little bit of what you've been up to, um, working under the nose of, of big government, Uncle Sam, right in his mustache, basically. Yeah. So how has it been living in the mustache of Uncle Sam? Uh, very bristly. Mm. Very bristly. I, I've had to buy at least five combs, which I always keep on me. And, um, well, I don't know if you want me to talk about it now, but I've, I've sort of been uh, researching some new things, um, which uh, maybe... Please, yeah, of yes, course. Of yes. course. I mean, if you feel like it's safe, I mean, we totally understand, too. <clears throat> Excuse me. You see, already, like, my, I feel like my voice is spiritually being attacked because we might want to, you know, there's some forces out there. This is a public channel, Mr. A, as we all know. So we want to make sure your safety is first and foremost. You know, carbs are, are great, mm -hmm. but, you know, it's some carbs some can't stop, you know, uh, bullet holes, right? Yeah, carbs can't stop curses. That's right. 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 Actually, you're 100% you're right. So I'm going to go ahead and put on my mask right now. Perfect. Oh, yes. Um, and, and then real quick, um, when it comes to masks, do you have the inner lining? Is it blessed by the Pope like like we usually suggest? Do you do that too? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, good. So there is a consensus when it comes to mask safety people, and I know a lot of people talk about the safety of, of masks. You have to get it blessed by the Pope for 100% safety. You'll get 99 point, you know, I'm not sure. You want 100, go mm -hmm. to the Papa, right? And I, I actually just sense via, uh, well, I'll just reveal it now, via FedEx. Uh, I just sent a, a box of masks to the Vatican and had the Pope uh, bless them there. Wow, paying, and, paying that extra. Yeah. And uh, he sent them back to me, blessed, and, you know, that, that was it. Easy. That's amazing. That's a lot of stamps to lick, Mr. A. Yeah, well, it's a good thing that uh, I was on keto because uh, my stamina was pretty good. That's really good for licking envelopes and licking stamps, mm -hmm. the, keto, the Diane Keaton diet. So uh, th this is also a good opportunity to give your uh, new evidence. We are your peers. This is an official peer review. And uh, this is a beautiful segment that we're starting where uh, since we're all scientists here, we might as well, um, you know, whatever you say now is going to be peer reviewed. So you can, you can say with the confidence of your statements, uh, yeah, I've, I've had this peer reviewed. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, you already kind of gave it away, but you were undercover, right? Yeah. Just like Upton Sinclair, 
right? Just like uh, the Ghostbusters in in uh, Ghostbusters 2 when they're under the city of New York. Just like Princess Diaries in the beginning when Anne Hathaway was just hanging not as out. attractive. Right. Bushy-browed, and you were uh, spending, uh, I'm not sure how many hours, um, but a certain amount of, X amount of hours in the belly of the beast. I was, yes. So for all the listeners who have not been keeping up with my uh, WordPress blog, I, for some time, was undercover, working undercover for the government entity said Federal Express. Now, a lot of people don't know this because when they think of Federal Express, they just think of FedEx, FedEx. But they don't, they just think it's just some, you know, some company that some, some guy owns. But it's actually, Fed is short for Federal, okay? And Express is Express. So express what? Exactly. Exactly. Which is one which is one of the reasons why I had to go undercover. Because when I called them up, they didn't they didn't want to tell me. The person on the phone did not want to tell me. Wow. Shocking. So I I think you uh you wrote this down in, in, in of course, your, your dissertation, your, your expose, mm -hmm. but just kind of give a, a brief overview of some of the atrocities that you witnessed, the paranormal atrocities and otherwise. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, um, to begin, I saw uh, countless... Oh. All right. I think I just saw a light come through my house as well, so... Um, I, they, be, uh, let's, I want to move forward, right? This is obviously, we, we can't be intimidated by, I mean, this is Federal Express. I mean, they're, they're fast, right? I mean, right. they're listening to this, this episode before it even airs. Right. This episode won't come out for weeks and they're literally listening right now. So just be careful what you say. Of course, don't incriminate yourself. We, we haven't given away your name. So you have, you know, that shield. Um, and you know that we can't be bought. So just, you know, uh, this is a safe place, right? This is your safe space. Um, let's just be careful. And um, let's hope that no helicopters come busting in. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I, I am ready to talk about this finally. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, we need to get the truth out there. The truth is that Federal Express is haunted by countless numbers of ghosts and Whoa. is in fact run, operated, managed, and funded by ghosts. Wow. wow. It's the haunted version of the Postal Service. Mm -hmm. Now, we could look at this a, a couple different ways, um, depending on what you saw, right? Um, if 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 you saw some, you know, some accidents, you saw some some negligence. Um, totally understandable that you have to call it out, right? 
But this is something that I was trying to explain to Rob earlier. You know, their culture, the ghost culture, is just so much more violent, but not in a intentional violent way. They're they're violent in a in a frustrated way, um, because they don't know how to use their their powers, and they don't know how to interact with the mortal world anymore. So, what did you see that made you take a, take a step back um, during your time in FedEx? Sure. Well. It was what I didn't see. I didn't see a single human soul working there in the entire time I was undercover. Wow. And yet, somehow, my masks got to the Pope and got back. Interesting. Do you have... Is there a way for you to test that these are the same masks that you sent? Uh, Yes. Um, Sometimes I actually put them up to my ear to hear Mm, His holiness. Yes. His breath caressing my ear. It's like the ocean. The Pope's breath is just like the ocean. Wow. There it is. There it is. There it is. That's real. So these... These have been blessed by the Pope himself via Fed, Federal Express. Yet and, not a single human hand touched them in transit. And, and, and you said human soul. And I wonder, could it be a kind of animal ghost scenario where you have a bunch of, of monkey ghosts running amok at you know, the Federal Express? Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, this is a branch of government that is used to have a place for monkey ghosts. I'm not sure, you know, that, that's that's com- complete speculation. That's part of the peer review, of course, mm-hmm. um, the speculation part. Yeah. But it, it, it just make, it's curious that, you know, as an empath, you would absolutely see human souls if, if there were human souls around. Mm-hmm. So this could be many things. Rob, what what do you think? I mean, I was, I think you must have seen me because the the smoke just flying up from my desk from the numbers that I was crunching this whole time. Because when when I've been hearing all this, and I'm sure all you other math heads were just furiously crunching away the numbers, FedEx, right? Fed, F-E-D, and this... X, you know, X is a very strong symbol. It's also the 24th letter of the alphabet. Two plus four is six, right? And then you got fed, which are also the sixth, fifth, and fourth sequentially going down. Mm -hmm. Order of three. Three, right there. Add them up, you get 16. That's another six. That's one six. So where's the third? I mean, you can see it, the three letters of the Fed, you know, two total words, Fed X, mm-hmm. you know, two divided by 3.6, infinite. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, pretty easy to see that, uh, everybody. So, math heads, your ears are burning. And, you know, monkey heads, your ears are burning. And so, how did you get out of there? Yeah, great, great question. And some days I 
I look in the mirror and I ask myself the same thing. Uh, going back to your hypothesis, Gio, of uh, monkeys, mm -hmm. I did see one time a banana peel on the ground in the warehouse where I was undercover. What? Okay. Um, that's one tally on on the monkey scenario, everybody. There could, you know, there, there's many other chances to, to disprove me. But for now, I think we're running with the monkey scenario. Wow. Uh, so, uh, eaten banana, hopefully. Yes, yes, 100% eaten. There was nothing left but the, the peel. Classic uh, that's, monkey business. Monkey business, and it's very dangerous as well. Like, what would happen if someone to slip on that banana peel? They could also hit their head, die, and become a ghost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then now they're a monkey handler, and, and they didn't even have an, a, a chance to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. So that's incredible, right? The federal government is funding an entire zoo full of, of monkeys, dead monkeys, that are sending mail, sending mass to the Pope himself to get blessed. Because like you said, the work gets done, right? They, they somehow figure it out. Yeah, yeah. It, day in, day out, they, their, their little monkey paws wow. are moving those packages. Wow. Incredible. So monkey business is literally business at FedEx. That's how they do it there. Incredible. So that expose um, is, is going to be Pulitzer. It's going to be Nobel. It, it's going to be on Vanity Fair, right? We're the ones that, you know, uh, we're, you're breaking the story here. And I'm glad we're the first um, avenue that you chose to release this information on. This isn't going to be the last time that the world hears this story. No, no, of course. And actually, to set the record straight, Gio, uh, most of this research can be found on my WordPress blog. Um, in fact, my 321-page uh, dissertation can be found on there, as well as uh, my GeoCities blog. Yes. Um, and, and, of course, you guys will be able to find that on, on the episode description. So, so we will link to, to those documents. Um, this is all fact-checked stuff. You know, um, the Pope has time to read that as well. He's a very um, busy man, but he finds time for, for Mr. A. So Mr. A, coming out of that, are there any other kind of uh, investigations, undercover experiments that you are looking forward to? So something that is on your plate that you want to devour? Yes, there is, as a matter of fact. Uh, in uh, Concurrently with my investigation at Federal Express, I was also um, seeking data for my investigation regarding um, a ghost of a time ghost. Whoa. Specifically time the time ghost. Mm -hmm. the uh, time can ghost. you explain that further? Sorry, yes. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So the time ghosts, you see, there are ghosts that control certain periods of time. Mm. Right. And yeah, this is uh, the perfect moment 
guys, to uh, to introduce our guest ghost host. Um, this is it's so serendipitous that you actually started talking about time because we got an old friend of yours um, on the pod him, uh, themselves, the spirit of the 1990s. <laughs> Hear that clapping? That's for you. Um, don't worry if you get slime. It's, it's just like the Nickelodeon slime, okay, Mr. A? Oh, oh, oh my God. I, I can't believe you, you have them here. I mean, doesn't it just, you know, you can smell the Pizza Hut in the air. Little Caesars. Mm-hmm. I, I can, I'm smelling it from here, the ghost of 1990s brand Pizza Hut. So, uh, the 1990s, uh, 90s, if, if we want to be friends, right? We'll just call, let's call them 90s from now on. So, 90s, um, what you been up to these last 20 years? Wow. It's a lot of money they lost. Incredible. The big gamble. So, I know this is the first time you've had a, a chance to talk with the spirit of the 90s in, in a long time. Um, is there anything you remember fondly about the 90s that the spirit could, could bring to you? Channel through itself. I just, I want to know and this has been on my research docket for probably about 12 years now. Did the ghost of Teen Spirit die in the year 2000? Did it die because of Y2K? Wow. Ooh. You went right for, the, right for the heart, Mr. A, on that one. I mean, this is one of the, the questions of our of our lifetime, this is defining, and I and, and we couldn't get some empirical truths to. to mm-hmm. This can be some big news, if if the spirit is is willing, if the '90s is is willing to to say, whether or not, uh, what happened that fateful night on Y2K, um, it smells like it will. It smells like 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 you said, the spirit of the '90s kind of smells like Teen Spirit. Mr. A. And let's just kind of parse the lyrics to that to understand maybe the spirit of the 90s was murdered that night. Mm-hmm. So we'll let the spirit channel its, itself through the uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit and we will get the definitive proof. I never heard the song like that, but I can't unhear it now. Wow. Y2K did it to me. I, I, I think it was something like that. It, it's dangerous, he said. Um, so I think you got your answer, uh, Mr. A. I mean, the, the math is right there. I, I, I'm surprised I didn't see it earlier, but there it is. The numbers don't lie. Wow. Uh, it seems that the spirit has brought uh, a little gift bag for all of us. You see there? Oh. Look at that. Oh, wow. Oh. See that? 
showed up right there. Oh. There's some some cards. Looks like some Pokemon cards. It brought me some uh, eye cleaning cloth. Eye cleaning cloth. Nice. Eye glass. The microfiber uh, made popular in the 90s. A, a can of Coca-Cola, of course. Mm-hmm. Some Pogs. I got some Hot Wheels in mine. I got some some uh, Laffy Taffy, a, a oh. bottle of Diet Snapple. It brought me a VHS copy of Jerry Maguire. Look at that. So, you, you know, you don't feel like you have to bring gifts for, for everybody. Um, guests, you don't have to do that, but it's just, it's nice when it happens. Now, the idea that this spontaneously came to us is a little scary. It's a little frightening. Um, I didn't know that the ghosts of, of, of the 90s had that much power. They could materialize objects literally from the 90s. And I think that's what you were saying with, when you were saying you were investigating a time ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. A absolutely. literal ghost of time. These ghosts have powers beyond the normal scope of regular uh, non-time ghosts. Uh, these powers are strange and mysterious, and they creep into our everyday lives. I mean, I, I see ghosts of the 90s all the time on on my Instagram feed, for example. And absolutely. And these poor, you know, my, my friends, the people who I'm friends with on Instagram, I, I don't see them wearing masks uh, blessed by the Pope. You know, I don't see them wearing their eyeglasses or, you know, have their shirts um, covering their neck and, you know, protecting them from harm and evil. These, these uh, ghosts of the 90s are are even uh, creeping into their clothes, you know, influencing their clothes. They're wearing uh, overalls again and, and uh, uh, you know, jelly bracelets. These things are haunting, constantly haunting them. And Wow. You're talking full-on possession. I am. And how, how far in your research, like, do you know um you know have you figured out any sort of intent from the 90s i mean we have the 90s with us we can ask but i'm just curious what your what your research has pointed to and well, no no offense to the 90s of course whatever mr a says no offense to you oh yeah i i don't mean any any sort of harm i'm just reporting what i have found so far mm-hmm. and uh, to answer your question rob um my research uh, it, it's been a little slow going, um, only because when it comes to time ghosts and researching them, you want to make sure that you get the full story or the full context as you're researching them. So for that reason, I had to start actually researching um, starting at the beginning of time. Wow. And Whoa. Make my way to the 1990s. And right now, I'm probably about the um, I'm probably at the year... Uh, negative three million bce so. so it's it's gonna take it's gonna take a couple of, of of million years to figure this this problem out which is why i think having the scene you know everybody here listening we literally have a multiverse at our disposal mr a so that's billions upon in, you know times infinity of people listening 
So if we could harness, you know, their power, um, we could, you know, maybe cut a couple million years off and you could be in the, the 1600s. I'd love, I'd love, I'd love to do that. Absolutely. I would love, I, I would love that kind of help in my research. So getting maybe the street team as a, as you know, research assistants, they can put their name on the dissertation even when I'm not finished with the research. Right. Um, I mean, we, we can ask, um, there, there are literally, like I said, you know, trillions of, of listeners, both, you know, ghost alive otherwise. Um, so if they're available, we, we will make a petition to, to help you with this. I mean, this, this is gonna... no small feat either. Uh, so I think this is a, yeah, definitely a calling call for, for all of our listeners out there to be involved because we're not just talking about you know, the entirety of time as we know it here on Earth Vista, we're talking about the history of the multiverse. Right. Right. That's all time. Not just one time. Right? Right. It's, it's every time. And you got Earth Vista, Earth 95, Earth ME, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. Earth, X, Earth XP, you know. Mm-hmm too many to count it's impossible and literally you know we could have another round of, of of people helping to to count the earths after we're done with helping you and your dissertation so you know this is the start of of crowdfunding peer-reviewed science right this is the time to kickstart our you know endeavors using the the scene using our new platforms because we we are going to have platforms up the wazoo and i think this is a perfect time to announce that mr a you will be a columnist on our our monthly and this is something that we've been trying so hard to do you know to to distill the information that we give out on, on our podcast into the written form we have dedicated to you once a month, we will we will be releasing a a monthly newsletter that you know really details what's happening in the world right now. And Mr. A will have a column. You'll be hearing from Mr. A, and the truth will be told. Yes, yes, it it will be told. Two hundred and fifty words or less at a time. Beautiful. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all you need to say to, to tell the truth, really. Yeah. Hey, if, if it's good enough for all the people on Twitter, then. Exactly. And, and anything else is, you know, you're trying too hard or you're making up words. I, I see a lot of articles and people don't even get to the end of the article. It's just gibberish they type at the end of the article to get extra characters in. There's like like 50 or so more words that are illegible. Basically, they're spells. They're at the end of these these articles because they want to fill in some spots. It, it you know it, it's shameful. They should give those to pizza ads. They should give those to to Revlon and to, you know Tresemme ads, hair care. I mean you know there's plenty of other people that that could use that space. And yeah. you know that's why we're devoting this space and having on columnists like mr a that are going to tell you the truth they're not gonna step around they're not gonna try to spell you uh, unless that spell is the cold hard truth right 
and and hopefully you guys are all used to that spell because you are fans of this show. Um, I want to thank Mr. A. Your voice is so important right now in, in a world full of chaos and fake news. You know, you got you working for Wolf Blitzer, coming from the den of the wolf, you know, going into the Federal Express, the, a, a monkey pit, right? A ghost monkey pit. And here you are, you know, to hell and back. Um, you know, thank you, Mr. A, for, for being a part of the scene. Thank you for, you know, giving your time to us. Thank you for, uh, thank you, Gio and Rob, for giving a platform to the truth. Um, not a lot of places, not a lot of sources of truth are out there nowadays. And uh, I just want to say namaste. Oh. Hope Wow, I felt that in my heart. That felt so good. You know, thank you. I wish I could do the same, but, I, you know, I need to practice. Uh, thank you, Mr. A. We will see you again, and we look forward to listening and uh, hearing your words um, in ink. Right. Take care. Thank you. Cheers. All right. What an interview. Rob, um, monkeys working for the Federal Express Ghost monkeys, nonetheless, could you imagine? I mean, it's just speaks to everything that we've been talking about. You know, it is the wrestler horses that are going to be running the post office. We got monkeys in FedEx. I don't even want to know who's at UPS. I mean, it also makes me think of, you know, we haven't seen our friend, the horse, Mark the horse Luffler in some time. I'm wondering if he's gonna if I'm gonna have to wrestle him for my mail now. Exactly. I mean, this is the the future that we're looking at is a, a monkey horse fueled world where people no longer have an option whether or not they want to fight for their mail or not. So, you know, I just wanna warn everybody, you know, the joy seems like a very joyful name. It is not a joyful future we're looking at. So thank you, Mr. A, for all of your insight. And uh, we have with us, uh, to cap the episode, we wanted to kind of lighten your guys' day. We do this research, and sometimes we find things that really are kind of, uh, I would say, time capsules into bygone eras. And what we found was an unedited script, an unedited version, one of the first drafts of The Devil Wears Prada. So this is, it, is a yeah. Go go ahead, Gio. I just want to say this is a new segment we're gonna we're gonna start doing because we found a whole treasure trove of unedited scripts. So we're gonna be doing dramatic rereadings just to show what the writer intended to say before the studios, you know, threw in all of their anti-ghost, anti-paranormal propaganda, and and tried to clean up the script. So uh, go ahead, Rob. Yeah, I, I wanted to say, too, like, this is a literal treasure trove. There's no, like, uh, wordplay about this. You know, Hollywood takes their old scripts and put them, puts them into treasure tests and buries them uh, in, the, in the desert of, of California. And, you know, we found the map mm -hmm. and saw the big red X on the ground. We you dug know, it up. Many times you go to a, a In-N-Out burger and do you see those palm trees with the X? 
you can usually find a, a bunch of scripts there if you dig. But you got to be quick because they they don't like that. They want you ordering hamburgers. They don't want you digging up you know ancient treasure chests. So this is the kind of thing that only the most professional people can do. People who can dig a hole in five minutes or less. If you don't have that uh, ability, that stamina, don't even try it. So Rob and I had to go out to the desert in and out location and find this treasure trove, but I'm sure there's plenty more out there. So without further ado, I know you guys have had a chance to look at the script yourselves, but we're gonna do a rereading of this because I think it's very important to show just how it was said, how they intended to say it. So Rob will be doing the voice of Miranda and I will be the voice of Andy and I'll be doing some of the other directions on the script. So let's start. Right. I mean, and, and right before we do, I mean, obviously, Devil Wears Prada. Like, this is, was supposed to be, like, what the seminal paranormal uh, films of our time. And sadly, it was stripped from a lot of what was intended to be on screen. Um, it's a fantastic text, uh, nonetheless. I mean, its power is evident when you, when you watch it. But it could have been so much more, and we just want to give you all a taste of that. Right. So let's set the scene. If you guys have seen The Devil Wears Prada, there is a, a moment in the movie where Anne Hathaway's character must prove to her boss that she is worthy. And the way that she does it, it's kind of like the Mr. Miyagi Karate Kid, where she just makes her do all kinds of menial tasks, just these bone-breaking tasks, and one of them is to procure a copy of, in what they sanitized, a copy of Harry Potter. Now, we're going to read the scene the way that the writer intended. So, interior, runway, hallway, the tray with Miranda's witch's brew on it. We follow it down the hall and see it being set on Miranda's desk. Beside it lands, boom, an envelope. Wide enough to see, interior runway, Miranda's office day. Miranda looking at the envelope, and then we see Andy. She stands there, quiet, calm, ready to die. And if Miranda is amazed by what Andy did, she doesn't show it. Her magic ability is staggering. She opens the envelope and looks in. One copy. What are my twins supposed to do with that? Share? Um, actually, I made two copies and had them color copied, blessed by the Pope, and bound in holy leather so they wouldn't look like plain spell books. She smiles. Miranda nods, but still won't see the point. And where exactly are those fabulous copies? I don't see them anywhere. Andy conjures a vision cloud. In the front row, we see two girls in matching outfits with two matching spellbook manuscripts. The twins with their undead nanny beside them. Interior runway, Miranda's office day. Andy smiles at Miranda, her faith in the dark arts restored. Andy, brightly, anything else I can do for you? Would you like a vial of my blood? External, Elias Clark Day. Andy walks out, the ghosts stream in and out of the building. Andy raises her arms in prayer 
and does a victory dance. Rain pours down and lightning strikes a nearby man talking on his cell phone. People stare as she laughs. It doesn't bother her. End scene. Wow. wow. I have chills. The power. They gave her so much power in the first script and they took it away from her in, in the movie. And it, it's like, if you see the movie The Devil Wears Prada, you can tell that she goes from being like a light witch to a dark witch near the end. And then she kind of makes the decision to stay as a light witch, right? Well, perhaps a gray witch. Right. What I'm seeing is way more nuance. The actual original draft just has so much more nuance just in the way that she is tooling with vials of blood and conjuring bolts of lightning. I mean, this is a, a woman literally with ambition. And I think that's what they robbed her of in the, the sanitized version. They took away Andy's ambition to become one of the most powerful magic users in the known universe. And I think we all paid for it, you know? Right. I mean, in, in the version that we get, it doesn't make a lot of sense. They say she wants to be a quote unquote writer, right? And she ends up being an assistant to a magazine editor, which is a very different skill set. You know, you don't see, I don't see her write a single word. No. In, in that, in the film. So it, what you lose is it's more of like a sorcerer's apprentice. Right? She right. wants to be a witch. So she joins the head witch to, to learn her powers and her secrets. But in the, the you know, sanitized version, we have, we have to figure out what we're going to call these, you know, the versions that Hollywood puts out. Because we have to give them a title that's not just sanitized because they do more than clean it up. Sometimes they, they ruin it. Right? So... We'll, we'll figure out what to call it, but we'll, for now we'll call it the bungled version because they bungled this one. So in the bungled version of Devil Wears Prada, you have Andy just, you know, doing simple things like, you know, getting her coffee and, you know, getting her food. In the original screenplay, she's getting human sacrifices. She is getting, you know, blood from ancient Mesopotamia. She's getting spell books. This is somebody who just has so much more capability and taking that away changes the entire story, the entire tone. And I think Anne Hathaway spending, you know, seven months in, in the deep hills with shamans doing ayahuasca every day. And then she goes and finds out that this is the movie that they made, I, I think is, you know, it, it's a testament to her ability, but also the fact that they didn't let her do what she trained for. So Anne Hathaway, you are officially welcome onto the show to tell your side of the story because I know there's probably more drafts where you were given, you know, notes that probably made you just, you know, shake your head in disbelief. And I I believe you. I think we believe you at Ghost in the Sea. Right. And we'd love to hear that perspective of how much pushback, you know, Hollywood gives you their version, but it's still such a powerful movie. I would want to hear, we'd love to hear about, you know, what more could have been taken away, what was fought to be kept in. Um, 
you know, just the, the I, I don't know what's wrong with me today, but I'm like losing my, my words because this is what Hollywood is doing. It's taking the words right out from our mouths. Literally censoring you as you're speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, 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 I'm kind of worried that our, our system today might be a little weakened, a little compromised because, you know, this usually doesn't happen. And I, and I apologize to our listeners because, you know, we're out here to tell the truth. And if we're being stifled, you know, that's, that's all of our Right. And it's not our fault. You have to remember that, that we have a million enemies out there and they're all trying to get us. So just the fact that we were able to get that screenplay and just that little section out to the world, I think is huge. And I'm glad that we got to do that. And we're going to keep on doing that. We got plenty of more scripts. Turner and Hooch is more like Turner and a ghost. You know, I mean, literally, that's what they we're going to call it. So we'll talk about all of these different movies, these different screenplays. Uh, guys, Girls, gals, exes, wise, everybody take care this week because we know that things are coming a million miles an hour and we want you guys to be safe and be ready because next week we're going to hit you so hard. It's going to be like a Mack truck with just full of truth and news. So uh, guys, stay in the scene. Keep your eyes on the, uh, on the screen. Uh, you know, it's hard to, to keep looking. It feels like our eyeballs are burning out of our heads. But, you know, after all this, if you do the right prayers, you will have newer eyeballs that will see more clearly after the old ones melt out. So keep that in mind. It's like, you know, listening to this show is like LASIK surgery through your ears. And that will then shoot into your eyes, giving you more clear vision and and that is a promise that you can take to the bank and we'll see you guys next week take care we love you